0: Grace, mercy, and the peace of God be with you this day. Amen. Today we're having a Compassion Sunday. Compassion International is an organization that Mount Olive has been connected to for a number of years, and so we're taking this um, week to promote that organization, to share some details and some stories about what it looks like, what a life of compassion can look like. We're also concluding the series that we've been in since Easter, Easter Joy. We have joy because of Easter. Resurrection Hope was our Easter uh, message, and Easter Joy followed that with restoration and praise and holiness being involved over the last several weeks. What gives joy? What do we celebrate What what do we rejoice in? Often when things go well, we we feel joy, we feel happiness, we feel gratitude. Over the last few weeks, we've had a number of reasons to be grateful. We had a wedding a couple weeks ago. Max got married, and it was a beautiful ceremony and a great opportunity to celebrate. So we were full of joy. There's a picture, and... I think he posted it on social media. It's of the two of them coming down the center aisle. But if you zoom in, there I am doing this. And I think his subtitle on it was Dad," Tears of joy. When things are like that, when there's a day of celebration, when we recognize significant events in our lives, we can feel joy. This coming Friday the next opportunity for our family to celebrate because we will have another high school graduate. And it'll be a day of rejoicing. Probably a few tears shed of both joy and, well, the culmination of that time. So when things are good, we can feel joy. When we have happiness, we can feel joy. But joy and happiness aren't always the same. See, we can feel joy even when things aren't easy, when we're not celebrating, when there is heartbreak, when there is sorrow, when there is disappointment, even when tragedy strikes again. We can still feel joy when there's tragedy because of the gift of Jesus. Because of faith in Jesus, because we know that this evil world is going to come to an end. And when it rears its ugly head, and it has, we can still look ahead to what is to come. Because we have this gift of faith in Jesus. Christ Jesus came to save sinners. We're looking at 1 Timothy chapter 6 today, but if we rewind to the first chapter of the book. In chapter 1, uh, verse 15, Paul writes to Timothy. This is a letter from Paul as like senior pastor to Timothy as young pastor, as encouragement and as, you know, some teaching in it and some advice for how to handle some situations and things like that. So it's Timothy, know this, this is trustworthy, this is true. Christ Jesus came into the world to save Sinners. This is the whole point. This is the whole point of the church. This is the whole point of the mission of Jesus. His life was lived in this perfection, obedience to his father, obedience to the law, without spot or blemish so that he could be the ultimate sacrifice through his death on the cross. That he came into the world to save sinners and he did it by his sacrificial death for us. Timothy, don't neglect that. Don't miss that. Don't overlook that. That is important. His resurrection that we celebrate is that life-changing, eternity-altering event in the life of Timothy, in the life of Paul, in the life of you, and in, in my life, that our eternity is transformed because of that gift. So we keep coming back to that reality that we are saved. And Paul writes elsewhere that we are saved by grace through faith. That's in Ephesians chapter 2. That we're saved by grace through faith, not because of stuff that we've done, not because we have earned it, because we deserve it, because we don't. See, when, when Paul writes to Timothy, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, he says this Of whom I am the worst. Paul, in confession, recognizes he was among the worst of the worst. He was a persecutor of the church. He was chasing down believers in Jesus with the purpose of eliminating this whole idea from the face of the earth. Like, let's find all the people that think this or believe this and get rid of them. He was at the stoning of Steve. He was pursuing people. He had letters in his hand. He was corralling folks, putting them in prison, trying to take it out. That was his goal, when Jesus got a hold of him, grabbed him and said, we got something different for you. That's a paraphrase. We got something different for you to do. You got to share this message because, and Paul's message was, if I can be turned, if I can be tracked down, transformed, redeemed, you can too. So Timothy, share this message Message. This is it. This is what the gospel is. This is the core, that we're saved by grace through faith. And he goes on to write to Timothy, Fight the good fight of faith. Verse 12, Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Hold on to that. And fight to protect it. Fight to protect this faith that you have because this is the treasure. This is it. Protect this at all cost, this faith that you've been given. And how do you do that? Flee from danger. If we back up a verse to verse 11 in 1 Timothy 6, he says this, But as for you, O man of God, flee these things. What things? What's he talking about? Verses 3 through 10 was talking about a different doctrine. Ideas, teachings, concepts making their way into the teaching of the church. Things that cause dissension and quarrels and envy. Ideas like godliness is a means of gain. That idea is still out there. Even though 1 Timothy says, fight against this. People still talk about it, still preach it, still say, Oh, believe in Jesus, and you're going to drive that car, you're going to have that house, you're going to have a blessed life, and you're going to have it right now. I don't know. This world is still a broken, messy, dark, twisted place. Full of people who need the grace of Jesus. We're not in this for the, the gain. We're not in this because we're going to expect something here and now. Now, do people have blessed lives? Sure. I have a blessed life. I'm comfortable. I'm content. I have a wonderful family. Paula and I celebrated 25 years of marriage this past week. Thank you. That's not for your applause. That's just to celebrate, right? This is, we're doing great. But I don't believe in Jesus so that I have this family. I don't believe in Jesus so that I have a house to live in or a vehicle to drive or, you know, money in my account or in my pocket or whatever. I believe in Jesus because he came to save sinners. I believe in Jesus because he gives me grace. Let's not miss that point, Paul is writing. Fight against any idea that... Would creep in, fight against the desire to be rich because, man, the desire to be rich is all the time, all around, and can chip away at our lives, and our lives, uh, and our faith, and our lifestyle, and and all the things that we pursue, this desire to have, well, everything. (laughs) Instead, pursue what is right. Flee from these things. Instead, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Gosh, I think Paul writes that in a couple other places, right? It sounds a lot like the fruit of the Spirit. Because when the Spirit's at work within us, these are the things that life is going to look like. Here it's righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. This is what, what the Spirit of God creates within us. So following after Jesus means living like him. And also, Paul writes to Timothy about being content. Be content. Because godliness with contentment is great gain. How many people do we know are discontent? I think that word could be applied to just about our whole like, experience lately. Discontent. There's just a lot of angst, isn't there? There's a lot of turmoil. There's a lot of built-up, just frustration. A lot of, you know, the, I I think there's a thing that that people aren't talking about enough, and I think it's the mental side of two years of pandemic. I think it's crushing people, honestly. You know, just being isolated, masks on. You know, can we can we be closer than this? Am I too close? Am I, you know? can I trust you not to have this deadly illness that nobody can see? And we're just in this place now. And you see it everywhere, right? In all these social issues, there's this underlying just tension that's just ready to boil over and explode. And we've seen it boil over and explode a number of times. And people snap and do stuff that we think, how can a person? How can a person honestly do that in a grocery store, in an elementary school? How can that happen? Now, I don't know that that's a result of two years of pandemic. I mean, for sure, but we see it, right? Don't, don't you feel it? Isn't it palpable kind of all the time? Like there's this just tension. You see it with people driving and, you know, rah see it on the news, see these crowds that gather, and people are just venomous toward each other. What happened to us? How is life like this? That's not the life we're called to live. That's not who we're called to be. But not everybody has the grace of Jesus. If anything, we need it more now than I've ever seen, that people need the grace of Jesus in their life. And we have the opportunity, we have the responsibility to bring that grace into the world. It can change lives. Now, can we undo all that tension by tomorrow? Probably not. But we can do a little bit. And can we change the lives of every person who needs something in this world and in this life by tomorrow? No, but we can do a little bit. What it looks like is this, live a life of compassion. Live a life of compassion. This is what we're called to. Because actions speak louder than words. John writes in his first epistle, uh, 1 John, in chapter 3, verse 18, Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. (laughs) Indeed and in truth. Let's let our actions match our confession. Let's let the things that we do, actions, follow what we say. So we're not just saying it, we're doing it. Be active in love toward others. Coming back to 1 Timothy chapter 6, be rich in good works. In this section where he says this, Paul is addressing people who have wealth. Because he's just said, oh, yeah, but if you want to get rich, then you're going to fall into this temptation. Well, what about people who have it? Well, Paul writes about that. The rich are to do good, be rich in good works, and to be generous and ready to share. Do the works of Jesus. Look like Jesus, live like Jesus. After verses 8 and 9 in Ephesians chapter 2, they talk about we're saved by grace through faith, not because of what we do. It's a gift to us. Paul goes on and writes, because we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do those things which he's prepared in advance for us to do, those good works. Do those works. Put your money where your mouth is. There's a number of places in the Bible where it talks about helping widows and orphans and the poor and the needy and the helpless. In Matthew 25, our gospel reading for today, Jesus is talking about judgment and what it's going to look like and separating people one from another. And he says to the people who are blessed in, in the kingdom, well, you did these things. I was hungry. You gave me food. I was Thirsty? You gave me something to drink. You visited me when I was sick or in prison, and you know you provided for me. When did we do that? Jesus, we never saw you like that. Ah, but if you did it to the least of these, if you did it to someone who had that need, if you stopped what you were doing and looked at someone who had a need and met that need, you did it for me. We can do that. We can live lives in such a way that the love of Jesus is visible. And it can make the difference in the life of someone around us who needs to know this gospel, who needs to know that they're loved by the creator of the universe, who needs to know that the king on the throne isn't looking at them like, I'm ready to judge you. He's looking at them like, I'm ready to love you. But a lot of people don't know that. They've never heard it. They've never seen it. They've never experienced tangibly the love of Jesus. Live a life of compassion, of kindness, of generosity, so that people can know who Jesus is. Now we're going to talk about one way that's possible. Ron, let me invite you forward. And while he's coming up, let me just talk about briefly Compassion International. Compassion's been around for a a long time. This is not a short run. Uh, This organization's been around for quite some time, and maybe you're familiar with them. Uh, One of the most significant things that they do is connect sponsors with children who have need in various parts of the world. Ron's been doing that for a number of years. Um, He's shared with us before, so Ron, I'm going to invite you to share a little bit more about Compassion and about your experience. Thank you, Pastor John.
1: Good morning, everyone um this is kind of a prompt t- type thing so uh i i talked to pastor a little bit about uh, um, what a compassion sponsor does basically and um, what do they go through in you know like right now the times that we're going through um i wanted to bring out two points in all of this and where we stand during this time of compassion that John's talking about. And uh, I love the spirit part of it too because it does fill your heart. If you have that calling, um, the spirit of compassion is gonna be with you all the time. Um, I have currently five children that I sponsor. Um, They reside in uh, three different countries, Peru, Ecuador, and the Dominican Republic. Now, when I approached this, what John was asking about, what, what's it like to be a, a sponsor? Well, there's plenty of joy, plenty of joy in knowing what you're doing to, for these kids and what they get, they receive from you. They have somebody who they don't even know that supports them, that writes them, that tells them things they may not get anywhere else. One of the things that I always try to do is to give them at least one verse from the Bible. One. And talk about that. And the responses back are are phenomenal. But I'll let you know this, and it's very heartbreaking, too. It is very heartbreaking. We've been through two years of a pandemic, a world pandemic. These children live in the poverty of the world. Have you seen the poverty of the world? I have. I have. If you've seen the poverty of the world, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And have hope. That child has hope through you. And that's amazing. That's simply amazing. But it's heartbreaking too. Because as I'm used to communicating with all of my five children, they couldn't communicate back to me. And that's heartbreaking. I have two children in the Dominican Republic. They were hit with the earthquake they were hit with floods last year during the pandemic that's heartbreaking not knowing what they're going through but what is unique about compassion is they let you know what's happening to your kids they may not have it specifically down to that day but they know what's happening in the children's centers where they attend and they have People going out and visiting the children making sure they're okay. So it is both a joyous and a heartbreak to be a sponsor. But I wouldn't trade it for anything. All these children give me so much joy. So much joy. I'm going to read you a letter. This letter comes from Sheila. She is uh, in Peru. I originally I told John I said let me just open the letter and read it out and he goes well maybe there might be something wrong in there but this is my first letter from her beyond just the introductory letter when you become a compassion sponsor each child will send you kind of more or less a form letter right you get that you get to know a little bit about the family you know what they're doing and all that kind of stuff but this is the first letter that I have received from her, in which it's just me and her conversing. And uh, yeah, there are translators that that, that take care of it, but it is her writing to me, um, which is quite unique. Um, And then I got an added bonus when I opened up the letter, so I will share that with you too. So let me read the letter to give you an idea how it goes. I gotta put my glasses on, so. Dear Sponsor Ron, I greet you in the name of our Lord Jesus. I hope you and your family are in good health. Thank you for the marvelous letter and pictures. I'm excited to hear from you again, Sponsor. Your letter, you asked me if I am the older of my two sisters. I am not. I am the one in the middle. My older sister is Elizabeth, and my youngest is Mayor. I tell you, I had a wonderful vacation. Now think about this. This is a vacation. Where's the vacation at? In the jungles of Peru. I want you to keep that in mind. I I tell you, I had a wonderful vacation. We traveled with my family to the countryside to visit my uncle. The last time we went to visit him, his neighbor invited us to milk a cow. It was interesting since I had never done that. The cows had calves and I attached some pictures where you can see the experience. We also went to the rivers with my dogs. I love the photos of your dogs and I have two dogs and three kittens. My family loves animals. I attached a picture of my two dogs and my cat so you can meet them. We also had a spiritual retreat with my classmates in other classrooms. I Had a great time We went to Boga Chica for a week a week ago for another retreat It was wonderful now the vacations are or over and I'm entering the university to study a new academic semester I'm in the fifth semester. I have had I, I have a little to finish in my degree you Gotta understand that what she's talking about really is like high school. I pray f- to God that I will do well in my studies I hope it went oh sponsor, how are your vacations? I hope they went well. Uh, Ron, I ask that you pray for me and my family in the hands of our Lord Jesus Christ. Also, I pray for you, dear sponsor, so that your back feels better and that you're stronger every day. I pray for your family and for the health the wisdom and the grace of the Lord Jesus. I say goodbye with a big hug and love to you and your family. I'm look forward to your next letter. Also in this letter was something I got. Typically you get pictures of your child about every two years. But these are pictures of the cows and the dog and the cat. Hope you all can see. I never had that before. I never got other pictures other than of them. So just as a a quick thing, there were things that I had mentioned in there about my back, right? I sent pictures of the dog. So this is an interaction that is being done by the child itself, not by somebody writing for her. This is her. And uh, I want, I kind of hope that you understand that there becomes a strong bond of connection between you and your sponsored child if you continue to write to them. Okay, there are many things we can do for compassion. And, w- and if you'll join me and Linda out there on the table, right, Linda? Uh, we will explain a lot of other things to you but I just wanted to bring to you today what it's like to be a sponsor to a child and uh, each one of these children means so much to me thank you for your time
0: thanks Ron thank you for sharing I oh, don't leave your letter.
1: I will leave my letter
0: there is a table set up out in the lobby space so um, afterward if you have any questions you want to stop by. If you're on the stream, we won't be able to show you the table today, um, but just um, check out the website because there's information on there that you can follow to get to um, the Compassion website and get connected with them. Sponsoring a child is one way you can support Compassion. You can also pray for that ministry. There's letter writing opportunities, um, so you don't have to be a sponsor to, to correspond um, through Compassion and the things that they do. So there's a lot of ways to, to get connected with Compassion and to be Um, supportive and helpful. There's other organizations as well. Um, Compassion is one that we talk about as a congregation because um, it's been connected to this church for a long time. And one thing we know about Compassion is it's very focused on sharing the love of Jesus specifically in the lives of these children and their families. So get more information if that's something that um, you'd like to do.